she comes up to me next lesson she says she goes straight up what's your problem and I told her look you, I've been doing the homework for you you've been complaining I've done more and more and you know you're not accepting it I was there was a time where teachers kept on uh, picking on me and uh, I, I would see that as favoritism as well everyone's needs are met in the classroom so if you're saying that you've been in classrooms where you feel like your needs haven't been met. And also there is type of teachers that they teach really good, but they gain distracted so quickly from the teacher, uh, from the students. She would, if I didn't understand anything, I would go to her during her free time and she would help me. Even the bits that I didn't know, she would explain all of it. She would ask me if I have any more questions. Welcome to the Wharton Forest College Public Services Voices podcast. You will be listening to students holding panel discussions on topics that encourage active debates conducted in a safe environment, which aims to explore viewpoints on topical issues. These sessions are facilitated by staff. These are the conversations that matter to us. Hello, welcome back to the Public Services Podcast. Happy New Year, everyone. Uh, my name is Gula and today I'll be hosting this episode. Hello, I'm KK. My name's H. I'm Ibsham. And I'm Abdullah. And we got a special guest today. How you doing, everyone? My name is Emeka. You all know me. I'm your tutor. <laughs> <laughs> and today, today's episode title is What Makes a Good Teacher? Okay, um, before we get into that, um, I'd like to know how's everybody's two weeks break, by the way? I mean, we're still alive. Still alive? That's a good thing. It was good. What made it good? Um, I just relaxed. No assignments? Anyone? No assignments. No just no. watching movies every day. I was committed. I've done all my work. I've been studying. I've been doing lots of research. Are you just saying that because I'm here? No, 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 no. no. At the same time, I've done lots of gaming. I've got PS5, so oh. man's chilling, in it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, but before we get into today's topic, I've got... Um, Something that I wanted to do to see. Um, you have to answer this very quickly. You've literally got two seconds to answer it. All right, everyone, two seconds. All right, I'll give you two options and you just have to answer the question. So so we'll start off with going out and we'll kind of go around. Obviously, if you're the last person, you've got more than two seconds to think of the answer. All right, um, literally two seconds. Exams or coursework? Uh, coursework. Exams. Coursework. 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 Okay. iPhone or Samsung? Samsung. <laughs> Samsung. Samsung. iPhone. iPhone. <laughs> uh, football or tennis? Um, football. Tennis. Football. Tennis. Football. Interesting. Extended research or behavior psychology unit? Extended research. Behavior and psychology unit. Behavior and psychology behavior. unit. Behavior. None. Uh, behavior and psychology unit. <laughs> <laughs> Netflix or Amazon Prime? Um, Netflix. 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 YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, Zara or River Island? Um, Zara. River Island. River Island. River Island. Zara. Any of them all? <laughs> Zara is the best. No, actually, I don't know. All right. Um, Nike or Adidas? Nike. 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 Oh. Your experience at school or your experience at this college? College. 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 School. College. Interesting. So if you had a superpower, all right, listen to this one. 
To be able to read people's minds or to be invisible? Um, to be invisible. Both. Invisible. 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 Interesting. <laughs> I don't want to hurt myself. <laughs> All right, we're almost there. Uh, do you prefer bright colored clothes or dark colored clothes? <laughs> bright. Dark. 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 All right, and lastly, Messi or Ronaldo? Also, um, I don't know both of them, so I can't <laughs> oh really say it. I know they're, they're football players, but yeah, I have no idea. Ronaldo. Ronaldo, because he looks nice. Both. <laughs> I can't do both. No, I'll say Messi. Sue, Ronaldo all the way. <laughs> all right, no worries. Interesting, interesting. So um, before we file, give it over to, to Ghana, uh, you mentioned your experience in school. Isham, um, why? There's a lot of stuff happening, whereas in college you're growing up, you're more mature. So there's less... You're more mature in college, whereas secondary you get more, you get more experience of certain things. For example, you get in trouble there more often because you're immature, so it's just your learning stage. Mm -hmm. So you evolve over time, whereas in college you don't get much experience. Okay. Yeah. So that made it more enjoyable for yeah. you? Yeah. Okay, that's fine. So we're going to move on to today's topic. What was the what was the question for today? Um, it was uh, what makes a good teacher. So, so I, I'll let you guys kick it off. So okay. you let me. Okay. Know. So I think a good teacher is someone who treats everyone equally, who, and who is uh, fair, and who can understand what the students are trying to say. <coughs> yeah, I also think the same. I think a good teacher needs to have strong communication with the students. I think a teacher is a good teacher is when they take their time out to you know if they see a student that's not understanding something and they need help with that they t go out of their way to go and you know help them understand what they need to exactly I think you want to feel like a family with your teacher not like in a professional relationship you want to be close with them when you say when you say that um, what do you mean by that exactly for example, I think it shouldn't be only about school. Mm -hmm. You need to share everything with your teacher if you have any problems, if something is bothering you. Um, you should be able to communicate with your teacher easily without getting uncomfortable. Okay. Basically, the teacher needs to make you trust them and just be like a friend with you. Okay. And if they show empathy, I think it's also good because you will know that an adult is understanding you. So you won't feel like you're alone if you have any problems. But True, and also a good teacher needs to be strict. But at the time, anytime, like, he, know, he knows the, how to make joke with the students. But you have to consider they have their own life as well. You can't always depend on them. True. Yeah, I agree to that. So when you say agree, like, expand on that point, because that's an interesting point. So, like, obviously, like, you can't, as he said, you can't always rely on them. Like, they've got other stuff to do as well. So, like, I agree to what he said. They have their own children. They have their own, like, own busy life. Own life. All right, so let me, let me put this to you in terms of, you've all said so many different things, um, but fundamentally, the, the teacher's job is to impart knowledge to the students. So let's just focus on what happens in the classroom first. What is your... How would you, um, what would you, how would you describe a great teacher based on what happens in the classroom? Just to start off with, in I terms of how they teach and how you understand personally. I think someone like who makes jokes sometimes, 
Um, but, okay, if I'm playing devil's during... advocate, is the joke going to help you pass your exam? No. I think it's just to make the class enjoyable. Okay, okay. That that can be through uh, that can be through teamwork, like putting people into groups to do like certain tasks that they can understand better. So like say if a teacher is explaining something and one student doesn't get it, and when they are working in a team, they can ask the team, and then what uh, what the team says they might understand. So then that can help. So you like collaborative learning, so yeah. being put into groups. Yes. So what what's the benefits you get out of that? I mean, you can work together and then you can gain more knowledge, I guess. Okay. Anybody else? What 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 are your expectations of a great teacher in the classroom and how they deliver the knowledge, how they deliver the, the lessons? What's your expectations of students? I think the teacher needs to be familiar with the, what topic he or she is talking about because sometimes when um, some students are asking questions, some of the teachers cannot reply to them. Okay, so I think that's very important. Subject knowledge, which is a minimum requirement if you're going to teach. You want to be you want to be confident in what you're teaching, and the students expect you to to have the knowledge of the subject. Okay, anything else? And if they just like read through the presentation, it can be quite boring sometimes. Okay, so <laughs> we call this death by <laughs> death by PowerPoint. So you don't like that. Exactly, because <laughs> okay. I can just read the PowerPoint by myself. Okay. But what about the interpretation of the teacher while they're going through the PowerPoint? So um, you are you saying that if they're only just reading it without adding any more things on top of that? Exactly. Okay. okay. I think they should add examples to like uh, or like give like real life scenarios if where possible. So like then it's easier for the students to understand exactly. to relate to. Yeah. And asking students questions sometimes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I have a question. Um, have you had a good or bad teacher and what impact did it have on you? Uh, I have, and that was uh, in my previous college and my previous school. Um, there was a time where teachers kept on uh, picking on me and uh, I, I would see that as favoritism as well, as they would only, uh, as as they would pick on me, even though there were other students at the same time who were talking and the behavior was even worse than mine, but they would still favor them over me in some cases. And that could be like over, I don't know, education, or say for instance, keeping someone back in the class or something like that. All right, so my, my so coming from a teacher's perspective, you've already just admitted that you were doing something wrong as well. So when I hear picking on, Picking on, for me, requires that you've done nothing wrong. So if, if I'm driving, for instance, and I'm on the motorway and everyone is doing over 70 miles an hour, all right? But the police who happen to be um, waiting for people to drive past the limit just happen to stop me. My argument can't be everybody else was doing it. Why did you pick me? The fact is that I've been doing something, I did something wrong as well. So shouldn't you be reflecting of don't do anything wrong, then you shouldn't be picked on. Because yes, some people stand out. Maybe it was the colour of my car, maybe it was my tyres that got their attention and so they stopped me. So if you did nothing wrong, then there's nothing to pick on you about, if that makes sense. 
Um, I mean, to be honest, you can't relate cars to school and education. Yeah, it was, it but just, it I respect an, your example, it was just an example because you can relate to it as well at the same time. But there was a task where the teacher said, you can talk to your partner. But at the same time, the teacher took me out of the class and complained to my form two that I was talking in the class when he asked me to talk. So I don't get what's the point over there for him picking at me and saying that I was really disrespectful as he said not to talk. But at the same time, he told me to talk with your partner and discuss the answers. Okay, in specific situations like that, there's not much more I can say, but going based on your initial comment, um, my advice moving forward would be just make sure that you are not doing anything wrong full stop, um, regardless of if everybody else is doing it. So you're not the one that's being picked on. If you're doing nothing at all and you get picked on, then yes, you have a case. But if you're doing something that you know you should have been doing it and because everybody else is doing it, you feel like, oh, how come you picked me out of everybody else that was doing something wrong? That's not a valid argument from that perspective. Mm, I had an experience like that before. Uh, it was about favoritism when I was in second grade. Um, our teacher had like uh, one favorite student and she didn't even care about us one time. If we're late to school, we have to wait 10 minutes before we can go into class. So it was like a punishment. And uh, my mom was working in the same school as a teacher. So I was late because of her. <laughs> so and she forgot about me. I was supposed <laughs> to wait for 10 minutes, but uh, she left me there for the whole lesson. And I was, I was little, so I just went to my mom and told that. And then when I came back to class, uh, she told me, um, why are you telling this to your mom? I had to wait for another one hour. And it has such a big impact on me because after that, I felt like um, I can't trust teachers. So because if I say something to my mom and then they go talk with teachers and then the teacher, um, teacher starts go, the teacher is going to start picking on you like, when you're just in second grade. Mm -hmm. So it was a bad experience. So how, so the impact that had on you, when would you say that you overcame that, that you no longer sort of thought like that about teachers anymore? Um, I think uh, I start, when I started college, because oh, wow. the teachers started to act like, an, um, they started to see us as an adult, okay. not as a ch child. Okay, all right. That's when it stopped. But yeah, that's an interesting question. So I would like to hear everybody else's sort of thoughts on that in regards to what kind of bad or great experiences have you had from teachers? I've had both. Okay. So in year nine, technology, a female teacher, she used to pick on me and she would always complain about how I've done my homework and she would send me back to go get it done again. I would bring it back, she would complain again. And this would happen every other week. So I finally, it, it got to the point where I stopped doing homework for her because, you know, I didn't know what she wanted me to do. I showed it to other technology teachers as well. They said it was fine. They said, well, you've done what you needed to do. Like, I don't know why she did it. They had a word with her as well. She comes up to me next lesson. She says, she goes straight up, what's your problem? And I told her, look, I've been doing the homework for you. You've been complaining. I've done more and more and, you know, you're not accepting it. I was wrong. And she goes, oh, well, you're not just, you're not the only one in this class who does hard work. You know that. And she always used to complain about small things, even when it was helping her. 
uh, with like uh, cleaning stuff up or collecting uh, the equipment that was used uh, those days. Mm. Um, but obviously with her, I lost respect for her straight away and I told her, look, I don't want to be in your lessons. Yeah. And I told my head of house, like, you know, she's behaving like this, either switch the class or it, uh, the teacher mm-hmm. or, you know, replace another lesson with that because I don't want to do it anymore. Which is what happened. And then I got a new geography teacher. Uh, she was very, very nice. She would, if I didn't understand anything, I would go to her during her free time and she would help me. Even the bits that I didn't know, she would explain all of it. She would ask me if I have any more questions. And she was really, really nice. Um, so obviously that changed my views as well, that not all teachers are like that. Um, my head of house was the same as well. If I had any problems, just go to him, sort it out, or give me advice on what I need to do. Mm-hmm. So, and, you know. so what you consider sort of good, great teachers is people who are sort of willing to support you yeah. even when yeah. they're not in a classroom. Okay. Because when you're just a teenager, you don't know which way to go. You don't know what to do. So you feel like you need an adult to ask for. Mm-hmm. You don't trust your own choices. Okay. Uh, Ibsham, what about you? I mean, favoritism for teachers can occur for a- any race. For example, white can be favored more than the black individual in the class. Uh, it's been an ongoing issue. There was a study done in 2006, I believe, where bl- black indi- individuals were picked on more than the white ones. Okay. So, <laughs> so you can't deny that. So you're bringing... Race. Race into it, which is a whole <laughs> whole can of worms. So what have you experienced any kind of racial bias within a classroom where you feel like the teacher is showing levels of favoritism in terms of um, selections within a class, grade, distribution? Like, what, what do you consider favoritism? Let's just break that down first before we bring the race into it. They would focus more on one student than the other. One person will be successful, they'll focus on him rather than helping the person that's struggling, if that makes sense. Okay. All right, so let me give you some potential insight that might help you. So when we have students, we have student profiles for every single student. Yeah. And sometimes some students come with something called a educational healthcare plan, which means that there's, um, there's been a process, a system in place beyond just the college uh, where they feel like this young person needs extra support. Sometimes those young people might have an additional learning support practitioner in the class on a one-to-one basis. Sometimes they might not, but we still need to provide additional support as teachers. So, but you wouldn't know that information. So I don't know if sometimes you're getting mistaken with somebody getting extra attention because... um, they need it in terms of through policies and through a plan uh, that has come into place. So the individuals that need help, they should have assistance, right? No, as in, for instance, somebody that might have reading difficulties and might have been diagnosed with dyslexia um, and then they go through a process of getting an educational healthcare plan. So now that is now the official uh, format of that individual getting either one-to-one support in class or I now get a report saying I need to be able to differentiate my lessons so I can meet the needs of that person. So let's just say that particular learner needs, they can't just learn through visuals. They need to learn by doing, for instance. All right, so I'll put that within my lesson plan to make sure that, okay, 
and meeting the needs. So if somebody's going to learn this particular way, all right. But yes, every teacher's responsibility is to make sure that everyone's needs are met in the classroom. So if you're saying that you've been in classrooms where you feel like your needs haven't been met, how do you think you've been neglected rather than focusing on the person who you think has been getting the attention? Has there been a perception that, oh, Ibsham knows what to do and is getting on with it? Or have you been vocal in showing that I actually don't know what to do and I've said it and I'm still not getting any support? I'd, I'd like to touch on one more topic. Yeah, yeah, go on, go ahead. So, so we have we have had a friend before, um, who had applied for like a certain role, and there was like a full on like a, you can say application process. Like they had interviews and stuff, in which um, there were he was denied because uh, I think uh, he wasn't good enough. Not not good enough uh, because uh, he didn't have much experience actually, and uh, even though. Uh, he had more experience, he had done more voluntary work, like work experience and stuff. He had worked for like, you know, Jack Petchy and all that stuff. And uh, they still denied him because of experience. And uh, moving on from that, like uh, his competitors on the, on the other side, uh, they weren't like that experienced enough. And uh, um, according to him, the selection was biased, which brings his topic in favoritism. Okay. All right, so I'll come back to that point. So just acknowledge the point that, that I was trying to make. So I'm trying to understand, I'm trying to get to the root of what you consider favoritism. Is it through neglect? What, what is, what, I'm trying to understand so I can be able to respond a little bit better. Yes, ne neglecting one individual then picking on the other. Okay. That makes sense. So are you speaking from experience or from... I've seen it from experience and so on. All right, so when you say picking... So when you, because I'm trying to understand in terms of, for instance, um, in a classroom, work has been given um, and everyone doesn't understand, but the teacher's focusing on one set of group of people than the other. I'm just trying to understand exactly. Give me an example of what you've seen. Is it only me or is it an open question? It's, a, it's an open question, but obviously like, I'm leading it towards you because you're the one that brought up favoritism or you, you two brought up favoritism. Wait, could you repeat that again, please? So... I'm trying to understand your thinking of what favoritism is, favoritism is from your perspective. Okay. Either through what you've experienced. All right, so we'll get back to your application situation in a second. But in terms of what happens within the class, because if this is centered all around just that application or is this about everyday teaching and learning, you don't feel like... Um, your needs are being met by the teacher. You feel like the teacher is only focusing the teaching and learning on a few select of people in the classroom. What is what is what is it that you are essentially aggrieved about when you talk about favoritism? I have an example actually. Mm -hmm. The same teacher I had in second grade, like I said, she had a favorite uh, student. So when we were doing our work, uh, she was just looking at our work and then just mark it. But when she goes to her, she would be like, um, Oh, you done really well. You should have do this. You should go to this this college. Like you can do everything you want in life. And then she made her class pre class president, mm -hmm. and then she sent her to many competitions, even though she wasn't better than most of us. Mm -hmm. And then like she had a good relationship with uh, the students' mom mm -hmm. and other stuff. So we kind of felt like. Um, 
we were behind because she was only talking with her, yeah. the student. Yeah. And then the only thing she did to us was scolding instead of like giving compliments when we success something. Okay. So let me ask you this. Um, was, the, was that particular person bad like in school? No. Okay. So would you say that she deserved the praise that she got or you feel like she got more praise than everybody else even though everybody else has achieved the exact same thing? Yeah, we all achieved the exact same thing. But, but she just got more praise yeah, for it? Yeah, she got more praise okay. for it. All right, so I enough. think that's my definition of favoritism. All right. To give an example. I agree with hers. And uh, adding on to my friend's experience, um, there's a first, there's a, there was a certain thing that they had to do, but he had more experience in there than uh, other people. And even though he done it better than others, the others still got praised. Like, uh, even though everyone achieved the same thing, but although he didn't get as praised as much as the other person got. So, like, the other person, they got praised, like, you could say, uh, you know how in praise, you can say assembly, they give us certificates and stuff. And uh, he didn't get one, but the other person got the same certificate, even though they both done the same thing. Okay. So. And they were like the same ability and everything. Like they had, the other person had no issues, no nothing. Okay. So yeah, you can, you can say that could be favoritism. Like we don't, we don't know for sure. Only the people, uh, only the teachers in questions can actually say if they are favorite, if they're favoritizing people. Um, and obviously your perception might be that. Um, but again, everyone is starting from a different place. Um, so using that example that you just made, even though you've clarified the point that I was going to make. So which is, um, like I said, we have a student profile. Um, and if a student who hasn't achieved something before or they struggle with a particular thing, all right? And then all of a sudden they have now achieved that thing. Whereas for you, it's a standard. Let's just say you're consistently achieving that thing. And then this is the first time they've, they've achieved it. You could see why a teacher to you, it might seem like they've given them more praise than they've given to you. Whereas for you, it's like, oh, it's just another day. It's just another merit. It's just another distinction. Whereas for them, there's been a, a long struggle to get to the point of even dreaming of a, of a merit. So that could be one thing. Um, but if you're saying this is this, if it happens on a consistent basis or the person is exact, the, the two exact same situation where um, they've both been getting merits equally over a consistent period of time and that person is getting more praise, then sometimes you have to call a spade a spade. Then, yeah, personalities might be involved. So there's so many different variables that might be involved that doesn't necessarily mean it's favoritism. Um, but it could be favoritism at the same time. So yeah, it could be. Um, I have one more point. It's actually not that related to favoritism, but the thing we talk about. For example, sometimes teacher may see like you getting, I don't know, for example, distinction in every assignment. It may seem like an easy thing to like your other um, class uh, members or like the teachers. So they stop praising you. Like they stop complimenting you and then that that person may stop getting motivated to do more work mm -hmm. because it's also hard for them. Yeah, for someone who's always getting married 
and then for one assignment they got distinction of course they deserve a compliment mm -hmm. but for someone who's keep getting distinction and for example it's also stressful for them so sometimes uh, they may forget about it yeah and I think that's another valid point um, and I think it's important to understand um, I'm just giving you guys perspective that um, teachers are not programmers they're not machines they're, they're not the perfect beings do, do you know what I mean it's like people make mistakes and sometimes people's biases are not in their conscious does that make sense so people make decisions that they're not conscious of until you make it conscious to them all right so then there's different types of teachers the teachers that way you speak to and say you know what this is how we feel and some people might go super defensive and and deny it then others might then take it on board and be more conscious about it and then actually make a change uh towards it so yeah that's just my that's just my thinking around that just to let you know that yes you know i'm not denying some of those things favoritism does happen but um it's not always black and white there's always variables that you are not aware of um but my thing would always be to communicate with the teachers, especially if you think it's impacting on your education, because that's the, that's the most important thing. You want to get the best experience. You want to get your qualification in order to progress in life. So if you feel like, you know what, it's actually impacting on my education and I wouldn't suffer in silence. I would have that professional conversation with the teacher and hope that the teacher responds um, in a way that benefits everyone. That would be my advice on that. But... Just moving away from favoritism for a moment. All right, what other things would you consider uh, makes that makes a great makes a great teacher? Um, for example, like um, you said, like lifelong learners, mm -hmm. both teachers and students, they have to be open to criticism and. Um, a teacher who's always uh, checking up onto students, doing one-to-one -one sessions with them, as that can help, as they can discuss. Uh, like the student can discuss with the teacher with the teacher that they're having these difficulties and they need help with that, or they can discuss any other problem in which they can solve it together. I guess. Yeah, that's good. I think tutorial is very important in that because some teachers may like uh, just leave the students alone in tutorial. They don't consider it as a session. Mm -hmm. So, I think tutorial is, is a really important session so that teachers and students can connect with each other. Okay. Yeah, I agree. Came it. What about you? Confused. dot com. <laughs> Confused. dot com. <laughs> Anyone? What? What? What else would you say? Okay, let's put. Let's flip it because when we flip it, it almost it's almost um, makes it easier to answer. What are the qualities of a bad teacher? What are the qualities of a bad teacher that you want to avoid? What kind of teachers don't you want teaching you? Teachers that they're not listening to their students and how my friend just mentioned now that they discriminating the students in the class, putting favorites and just not helping the ones that they cannot do well. Okay. Not organized, not professional and not caring. Poor Sounds like you've got a list there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Ibsham, what about you? No, the same thing, not being organized. Not being organized. Okay. What does that mean? Like, what does that look like? In practicality, when a teacher's not organized, some teachers just turn up, they start cracking jokes, which is cool, but 
it just gives off an impression they are unprofessional. Yeah. And yeah. Okay. And also there is type of teachers that they teach really good, but they gain distracted so quickly from the teach uh, from the students. Mm -hmm. For example, when the students are opening some kind of conversation about life or anything scenarios and the teacher is just jumping into yeah. that and start talking <laughs> and just all the lesson would keep talking about that experiences <laughs> <laughs> okay and so you feel like the, the core part of the learning kind of disappears mm -hmm. when when that happens yeah. professional part oh, we have the audience always. that would like to say something you, want to say something? you put your hand up Okay, yeah. Teach him. Okay. All right, so so teaching without empathy where the teacher's just teaching and there's no emotions connected to the students yeah. in terms of students might be going through things and coursework is not on time and so on and so forth. Okay, that's valid. Um, but do you feel like... I feel like some students are tactical. They know the, They know the type of teachers that will engage in the conversation and so they don't have to do the work so they will start off a conversation <laughs> knowing that this teacher is going to bite and then yeah. that becomes the lesson <laughs> abdullah you're laughing that's you isn't it no no, no. <laughs> nah, I, I take notes i go lesson take notes do assignments okay all right i feel someone who doesn't have patience especially yeah. math teachers they have to pay extra patience that's my friend over oh, here yeah, this is very impatient <laughs> Now, what one advice would you give teachers to improve their um, teaching? You have more practical like lessons, um, just so we're not always sitting down and just writing, like get hands-on experience as well. Give longer deadlines and don't give too much work as like students have other stuff to do. Is that, is that really practical? Because that, you know what deadlines are? That sometimes the deadlines are not set by us. In order for you to get your qualifications, we need to get your work to the examining bodies so they can assess that work. So that framework is set from them and we have to teach, mark and deliver that in time so you can get your qualification in time. How about, how about making that criteria a bit easier, like explaining, like, um, you know... But you're level three, so the further up you go in education, those criteria will become even more complicated. So um, you're no longer level one. You're no longer in year three, all right? So that's what education is. You move up the ranks and things become harder, all right? <laughs> okay, you had me there. You had me there. It's fine. I know I did. It's fine, but you're you, you like five and five one to me still. <laughs> <laughs> what advice would you give to teachers? Uh, just, to be, uh, just be fair and scared with the students. Like, don't pick and choose who you deem as successful. Because everyone's like almost the same, like they're on the same stage as everyone else. Don't be biased. And that's basically. it. And don't be biased, basically. And not stress the students out too much. And go home. Don't just assume assume that small people are not struggling. It's true. That's a good point. All right. Okay. Um. Thank you. Thank you for listening, and thank you for participating in today's podcast episode. Right. Where's my money? See you. <laughs> See you in the next episode. Bye. Bye. <laughs>